Hello and welcome to the Velodrome Podcast. I'm Steve. Some of you know me as the Velo 21 Guy, but today I'm your host on this Velodrome Podcast. And once again, I thank you for listening. I really do appreciate you taking the time to have a little listen to what we've got to say. So once again, we've got another great guest, another recreational cyclist who loves their cycling, talking about their cycling journey. If you're listening to this and think, I'd have a chat with Steve, get in touch with us. Send us a DM on Instagram is the quickest way to get hold of me. Velo double underscore 21. That's Velo double underscore 21. It's the account with the blue tick so you know you're speaking to the right person. And we'd love to get you on the podcast as long as you're passionate about your cycling. We'd love to talk to you. So as I said, we've got another great guest lined up for you today. Today we are talking to... It's Adam Ritchie. Hello and welcome to the Velodrome podcast. Hello, yes. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. We really do appreciate all the guests coming on and, and taking your time to, to have a little chat with me. And obviously to all our listeners out there as well, we do thank you for listening as well. So first of all, we always like to say about how we know each other. Again, it's Instagram. You've bought Velo21 products in the past and you're actually an ambassador for the brand now as well, which which is great. But yeah, we're just Insta buddies. We've never met in person, as I'm sure a ride will be on the card soon, I'm sure. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully soon. We were just talking a little bit off air that the, the summer's not been the best. Um, so hopefully we get that extended bit of summer now and uh, get some nice weather in and we can get some more riding done and hopefully we might meet up before the the end of the year but uh, yeah so how did you first get into cycling where did it all start for yourself Adam? So well going back many moons ago obviously um, being a kid always in onto bikes into bikes um, anything to do with two wheels really um, my granddad had a motorbike uh my dad had a motorbike obviously i went down the route of having motorbikes um and racing well doing track days on motorbikes um mm-hmm. i found i was getting to sort of lunch time and getting quite unfit um then sort of covid hit and i think with most people sort of lockdowns and that sort of thing um i saw a way of trying to lose a bit of weight, get a bit fitter. Um, so I started looking at road bikes for sale. Right. Um, just, just what, five, ten mile away, somebody was selling an older, uh, I can laugh now, but at the time for me, I was like, oh, lovely road bike, but um, green and black Carrera <laughs> road bike. Right. Um, yeah. I saw it, I was like, yeah, give it a go, what can go wrong? Um, I could laugh now because I've got it home and um, I couldn't change gears. I was like, how on earth do you change gears on a road bike? <laughs> I was looking everywhere, couldn't find nothing. In the end, I had to go on YouTube. I was like, oh, you flick the brakes in. Never, ever done anything like this before. Um, and then I started going out with my neighbour at the time. Um, we was doing sort of like, he was he had been riding before road bikes mm-hmm. um, so we started off doing sort of like five ten miles uh, I still look back now on um, all my stats and I was doing like 15 miles with an average of like 11 mile an hour mm-hmm. um, but for me it, that's where it kind of all started um, 
Yeah, yeah. Because everyone's kind of got to start somewhere. Yeah. You, you're coming at that entry level and, you know, you don't know until you're shown. Like you, like you said, you laugh about it now. But, yeah. like, it's a simple thing, isn't it, shifting, shifting gears? But if you've never seen that, because they are kind of hidden inside the, the brakes, aren't they, really? You know, if you don't know they're there and you've never been shown it, how do you know? Like, kind of thing, you know, every, and everyone's got to start somewhere. So you're relatively new to it then with kind of starting in... Covid time, yeah. twenty twenty. Um, especially road bikes, um, mountain biking. Mm. I've been, I've been doing quite a while, um, but road bikes. Yeah, literally, it was mm. twenty twenty, pretty much the first lockdown. Um, like I say, I went and fought, bought the first road bike, and that was it. I've, mm. I've got a lot fitter. I'm, I've absolutely head dived straight in deep end, mate. I, I absolutely love it. Um, Mm-hmm. Good stuff. So, what's your sort of target mileage for twenty twenty three? Are you, or what you're going to hit for twenty twenty three? So, I was trying to work it out. Last twenty twenty two, I'd just done over two and a half thousand miles, which, okay, for me, progressing from the year before was like a massive step up. Um, so, twenty twenty three, I'm aiming on, I'm, I'm aiming for five thousand. If I can get to that, mm-hmm. then. I've done. I feel like I've done quite well, but I com- yeah. commute as well. So I try yes. and separate the commuting miles from, say, a ride as as what I'd class as a ride mile. The leisure miles. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good stuff. So, do, does a majority of your riding come from the com- the miles come from the commute, or is it leisure stuff? I'd say it's leisure uh, more. Mm. So, for me, it's seven miles to work and seven miles back. Um, okay. Depending on the weather, I'll try and add a few miles, either either before work or after work, and depending obviously mm-hmm. how how things are at home, um, I'm quite lucky. Like my other half, she'll she'll just say, "Yeah, go and go and disappear for two three hours, not a problem." Mm-hmm. Um, okay, good. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. So, what's your your biggest challenge to date? What's the biggest ride you've done so far? So the biggest one, obviously, I'm not sure if you've seen, is um, I've done a ride for charity, uh, cyclists fighting cancer. Um, mm-hmm. It, we'd, um, me, and, me and my other half we talked about me wanting to do 100 miles in one ride. Um, and if I look back at that now, I'd be like, that's never going to happen. But I knew I kind of had it in me to push myself. Because mm-hmm. I don't really ever want to give up. I always want to push myself more than what others can kind of see because I'm I'm not the typical cyclist like looking at me I'm I'm a big guy mm-hmm. covered in tattoos and my mum always says to me you're the last person I thought would take up road cycling um but that sort of drives me more I'm like right okay so then me and Jenny got talking about um doing 100 miles and she just said well why don't you do it for charity um and obviously having kids ourselves, it sort of like hits home a bit more when it's something like kids fighting cancer. So um, mm. we'd we'd done a route on, on Garmin um, and it clocked up just over 104 miles. Um, I had the intention of raising £250 and then that, that mm. got met pretty quick family as well and friends and then obviously you put it out on social media 
I mean, I don't have Facebook, but obviously through my Instagram, uh, through my friends and family, their Facebook, their Instagram. And we, we did a bake sale as well to try and top it up a bit more. And I'd soon hit 500. So to top it up, we increased the target even more um, mm-hmm. to 750. And that got met pretty quick as well, to be fair. And then my work generously um, said, we'll match your target if you can put a few work stickers on your helmet and on your jerseys and that. It's like, yeah, of course we will. Not a problem. I'd even ride a work bike if it meant they were going to match like the £750 donation. So um, that's my biggest ride to date was 104 miles. Um, Mm -hmm. And we we raised a lot of money for for cyclists fighting cancer. I think it was £7,040, I think at the minute wow so yeah we've done really yeah. well there um that's fantastic but like i say before yeah, before yeah. 104 miles i did um 73 i think and okay I, I ended up with cramping both legs um so I, I pulled myself away in my mindset that it was going to be a challenge but there was no chance of failure yeah that's it Good stuff, good stuff. And I, I like the fact as well that it sort of came through the podcast, didn't it? The, um, the charity that you listened to, episode five, where we spoke to Rich, who's, who's yep. um, one of the chaps who works for CFC, Cyclist Fighting Cancer. Um, and yeah, that you said that you were then going to ride for that charity. And I thought, oh, that's great. That is. And obviously I sent him a message telling him he was, he was chuffed to bits about it. So yeah, it was, it was good. That was, um, so yeah, that's some good from the Velodrome podcast has come out. So it's, uh, that, that's yeah, what I was going to say. That's, nice. that's the power of social media though, isn't it? I mean, mm. just like listening to the podcast because I do, I mean, I am obviously an ambassador for Velo 21. Um, but obviously I do listen to all the podcasts as well. So it's nice to know that you can have that support as well from mm-hmm. just social media. Yeah, yeah, good stuff, good stuff. So what's leading into your next big challenge then? What's what's next on the cards? Have you got anything planned yet or anything just ticking in, in the brain there and thinking about one? Yeah, so obviously 100 miles is a mega ride for anybody. Um so next year, my target is, and I'm in two minds, whether I'm going to go to 150 or I'm going to do to 200 in one ride. Um, that all depends on my fitness because that needs to, I need to lose a bit more weight, which is fair enough. And that's a long day in the saddle. So that's going to be an early morning, late night. Um so it's it's ticking in the mind. The mind's ticking with miles and what I can do. Um, but again, I want to do that again for charity as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's like raising that bit of money makes it all worthwhile then as well. And it gives you that extra bit of drive and motivation to do it. Another good one, if, if you're not quite sure about doing sort of 200 um, or like over 150 to 200, is maybe do back to back. So you go one day to one destination and then back um, the next day. So you do like a hundred mile day to day. Can be another good challenge as well that you know you're doing it back to back. Then those two hundred milers, um, and then do a total of this over a weekend, for example, um, rather than 
one day I'm doing this amount of miles because um, it can be tough, you know, especially if you set yourself a target of sort of 200 is in one day is mega. It's, it's, That's it's, mega. I mean, to be fair, I'd never thought of doing 100 back to back. I yeah. never thought of that. That never crossed my mind. Yeah. Um, but that is a really good idea, to be fair, to sort of mm. gauge where you're at then. Yeah, yeah. So that it, sometimes it makes it a bit easier to plan if you think, right, okay, I'm going to do this. And, and then also, as well, riding one way out somewhere and then back the next day. So you do the same sort of mileage, yeah. obviously, you know, um, you know, and try and make it about that 100-mile-ish figure. Um, and then to 200 over two days um, again like you say for charity and, and that keeps the motivation there so what what keeps you motivated to keep cycling um, so for me I, I mean I have spoke to a guy on Instagram today and said look I'm, I'm going to mention you because he does keep me motivated um, especially okay. with cycling all year round so You've obviously had him on the podcast already, uh, Velo.Dave. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so when I first started out on Instagram, it was just a normal Instagram account, like family photos, that sort of thing. Then I started to think I'm going to start pulling my family away. So I'll keep the family and things on stories because they sort of disappear sort of after 24 hours. Um and then keep the posts and the reels sort of like towards more than my cycling, um, which is what I've wanted to do. So I've put, I've separated them um, apart. Like I say, I haven't got Facebook, so my Instagram is literally for my cycling and odd bits and other bits. But um, yeah, so the first guy I ever really started talking to about cycling on Instagram was Dave. Um, and obviously he cycles all year round. So I got chatting to him about like the bike, the tires. This is when I sort of first started out. Um, what equipment, like cycling clothing, what brands to kind of stay away from, go to. Um, but for me, staying motivated is obviously seeing him cycling all year round. And then um, I enjoy it now more than more than it used to be kind of a chore because um, mm. I, I work nights so I sort of cycle especially this time of year now where the, the light's drawing in um, I enjoy cycling in the dark don't get me wrong because you can kind of tell when there's a car coming behind uh, it's a lot <laughs> yeah. well it's a lot safer so to speak but yeah I, I enjoy cycling now uh, commuting more than not more than leisure rides but mm. it doesn't phase me cycling to work because then when I finish my shift, like I say, if the weather's nice, I can go and add 5, 10, maybe 15 miles onto my journey home. And I've got to ride in before, say, most people are even getting up, getting ready to go to work when the roads are dead as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. It's like, tick that box, doesn't it? Because I, I quite like um, getting, like, I work in the daytime, but I quite like to get up and get my ride in and done before because I was like like yourself I've got young kids um, and sometimes the plans don't always go as planned um, and you end up doing something else and you can't then fit the ride in later on or whenever you know and then if it's already you've ticked the box and it's done 
that's it then. It's it's done and dusted. And then obviously you mentioned uh, Velo Dave yeah. there. He was on episode twenty. He's got a big change yes, coming up. Yes. Um, if you don't if you don't follow Dave, obviously on Instagram it's Velo Dave. Um, as I say, he was on the podcast for episode twenty, talking about his challenge that he's got coming up, and he's got quite. It's I can't remember the exact figures off the top of my head, but day one's about one hundred and sixty-five, and I think day two's sort of about one hundred and eighty-ish yeah. uh, miles. So yeah, they're, they're big two big days. He, he's riding with someone now. Um, it's all for uh, oh, ride for rich. That was I forgot the chap's name then. Um, who's had a stroke and he's raising money for that, and there's a big big target to 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 raise for that and obviously he's chipping away nicely at his, his bit of a target there so uh, yeah and he does ride all year yeah. round so he's a good man to speak to about winter kit and stuff like that he said on the podcast actually that he'd, he'd ridden in minus nine which to me that's just like I think I'd be getting the mountain bike yeah. out then <laughs> <laughs> that's too cold that is yeah that is cold <laughs> so I've Speaking about um, Instagram a little bit, so you are quite active on Insta, as we just we just touched on. You, you, you tend to keep your posts and your um, your posts and the reels and things like that to to your cycling things, and sometimes you do put family stuff on, but also cycling stuff in your reels. Because I noticed you started using Sturka stuff that you've just had um, there, some of yeah. their stuff delivered. Yeah. So, um, which I, go on. Sorry. Yeah. So when we was on um, we was on holiday for a week in Brixham. Uh, a couple of weeks ago and while I was down there I was messaging um, the cycling chef Aidan because um, he's quite local and um, we'd planned to get a ride in so I took my bike all the way down to Devon as well um, obviously a family holiday um, so we penciled in a day um, to go out riding but um, that day uh, the heavens opened up so um, it was like look this is a big opportunity for us to catch up let's do it so we met up, had a cup of coffee, and um, had a good chat, really. And he's bang on with his nutrition and what carbs to take, how often to take. Um, great guy for advice on that. And he recommended um, using Sturka. So mm-hmm. yeah, I've I've literally just started to. I'm good. I've been. I've had two two rides, trialing their tablets. Um, I had box of their bars turn up this week which I haven't tried because I haven't been out yet but no genuinely looking forward to trialing these out because mm. I know the big companies are out there the SISs they're out there um, and with me I try and take energy gel every sort of like 12-15 miles and they're easy on my stomach I haven't had any issues with them where I know a lot of people do have not just with SIS, but they do have a lot of issues with what their stomachs can take. So with the SIS gels, I have no problems with them, but to then try and take something else, like going away from SIS to Sturka, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to trialling them, see how we get on. Mm. Like I've um, recently just bought the test pilot kit just to try trial it out. Um, and just see for myself but I was quite impressed with how quickly the powder dissolved in the water which I know that's one thing they do 
focus on and say like look how good this is but it literally like, I poured it in and I watched and it just did like just seemed to disappear without even shaking it yeah and I thought like god you know it's it's fully gone into the water and you know you, what you get and then it tasted lovely as well and then the other thing was it didn't make me feel there was about 60 grams of carbs in this 500 ml bottle which is quite a lot and it didn't make me feel because th- I've had other ones which have been high carb but after I've drank it, I thought I need another. Dr- I could do with the water yeah. as well with it. Just after I've drank that, because my mouth feels dry, yeah. and that just was dead palatable. Um, and I thought this is really good quality stuff. This is this seems like this could be the next one kind of thing. You know, the next big brand because, like you say, they they are up and coming. I think really, yeah. you know, it, it seems like they've hit Instagram and, the, and everyone seems to be trying them now. And I, th- I think they will do quite well. Um, I think the one thing they could do with doing though is a pe- is a a tub of powder rather than the sachets, yeah. um, because that's what I tend to like. I, I won't always if I'm only going out for an hour, I'll just put a bit of a yeah powder in rather than thinking oh I'll open a sachet and put a full sachet in kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I think they they definitely want to at least have a go at and have a try and and see what they like. Oh, hundred percent. Even just for the uh, tester kit, that's how I I sort of. Because my failure was I was using um, thousand mil bottles, um, mm-hmm. and I didn't really pay much attention to it at the time. But using one tablet, not Sturka, but other brand, one tablet, mm-hmm. and then I was taking out a bottle of water as well. It's like, well, if I knock them down to five hundred mil bottles, and then use both for what they're meant to be, instead of water, mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, water's only there to quench your thirst. It's not actually helping you out while you're out cycling. Um, yeah. So, I, yeah, I've recently, like I say, got rid of the 1,000ml bottles, um, gone to 500ml bottles, which are the Sturka bottles as well, and just use their um, tablets. See how we get on. Yeah. yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. So, obviously, talking about... Instagram as we have as well. You're an ambassador for Velo Twenty One as we've talked about, but you, um, I've also seen you um, with some other brands on Instagram as well. So who else do you do you uh, are you an ambassador for? So yeah, obviously, um, obviously yourself, Velo Twenty One, um, and also Full Tuck, uh, the cycling caps, um, and also Shut Velo Rapide. Um, yeah, they're 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 good cycling cycling clothing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the the full tuck if if you are interested is rich thirty nine for twenty percent off, and it's fellow underscore add seven four two three eight at sh- for fifteen uh, percent off at shut velo rapid. Then obviously, obviously yours as well. Twenty percent off. Yeah, lovely. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm quite OCD when it comes to my bikes. I mean, I've I posted yeah. a few stories up. Are you are you a uh, get home, put the bike away, and clean it later, or do you get home and clean it straight away? And yeah, I've got. I'm sort of like get home from a ride. And uh, I clean mine straight away, um, so I know for next time, I know I can literally just get it out and it's ready to go, clean, lubed, it's ready to go, sort of thing. 
but I must have, yeah. And one thing... Sorry, go on. One thing you've you've done as well um, a few times before is obviously got the little ones involved with cleaning the bikes as well, because I'm usually tagged in those, which I do, I do like to see. I do like to see. Oh, oh honestly, it must be... Is, his balance bike, Logan, the... the yeah, well, not the youngest, but Logan, yeah. His balance bike must be the cleanest balance bike in any showroom. Um, <laughs> I mean, love him to pieces, bless him. But as soon as I get my bike home, he'll come and take like all my Garmin's and lights off my bike. Um, he'll want to help me put it away, but then obviously we go and clean it. And he's straight away goes and gets his balance bike, helps clean. Yeah, I mean, it's good bonding. Um, and he absolutely loves his balance bike. Um, I just hope he carries it on. Like it's it's yeah. a little bit of I can see him and I hope he'll follow, but yeah. we'll see. But yeah, he loves cleaning the balance bike. Mm. Mm. Is he good on his balance bike? Is he has he got the knack of it? Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, my other half, she's brilliant. She was always like, no, we're not getting a bike with stabilizers. Sort of like, no, not happening. We'll get him a balance bike. So we got him a balance mm-hmm. bike and bought him a helmet and gloves. And then um, he see a, he saw a full face helmet um, when he was out shopping. And he's, he sees mine, obviously, for me mountain biking. Um, so he wanted the full face helmet, obviously. So now he just wears mm-hmm. his uh, full face helmet on his balance bike. Absolutely loves it. Now he's picking up the pace. <laughs> we sort of like have to keep trying, not at the point of running with him yet, but we're not far away mm. from it. Oh, okay. Yeah, because my lad's just never really taken to it. Like, the same the same thing. Um, I said, right, okay, we're not going to get him one with stabilisers. He's going to learn on the balance bike. He had a few goes on it. As soon as it tipped, he was like, no, 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 I'm not doing this. Yeah. And then um, he then outgrew it, really, and got too big for a balance bike, and he hadn't really learned how to do it. So it was like, right, okay, if we're going to get him another bike, it's going to have to have stabilizers yeah. he never really took to it um and he still hasn't now and uh, he's he's nine in october and he still can't really he can, if you give him a good push he'll go yeah um but he can't get started himself and stuff and he just hasn't got the confidence with it but i'm always the kind of person that even though i love it and i'm really into it i don't want to push my kids into it if they don't want no. it um you know, I'm not going to try and drag them into the sport that I like just because I like it. Um, no, because you could you end know, up so like when, pushing them away, couldn't you, ultimately? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought he'll do it when he's ready. And I thought, like, once other mates or, you know, we've got a nice field by us um, with a few hills and there's a, a nice path that runs through the field and stuff. And it, it, it's ideal, really, for kind of just riding off down the, down the path kind of thing. But I thought once his mates... He sees his mates start going out. That's when he'll think, right, okay, I'm, I'm doing this. He's almost there, but like I say, we don't like push no. him and push him and push him. But um, and we've always said, oh, this summer, I think this will be the summer, and we're coming to the end of it now, and he's not Another summer gone. Got it still. I mean, it, it will yeah, happen, won't it? If he wants to do it, it will happen anyway. Yeah, I think it's the fact he gets quite close, and then he'll just have a bit of a near miss. Yeah. Where he just lo- And then he loses confidence, and it's like, oh, he's... He was almost there, then something happened and he had a bit of a spill or something like that, and it's just like, oh, he hates it again now. Um, and then he doesn't want to try for another three months. Um, so, yeah, and it's just that thing that we've got to get him nailed on. So it'll happen one day. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, it's the, it's the same with my, like, my eldest. Um, 
Aiden, I only get him every other weekend. And he was he was really mm. big into mountain biking. And this was when I was doing mountain biking. Um, we're quite lucky. We've got a big bike park near us. Uh, big jumps, mm. drops, trails, all that sort of thing. Um, I had a full suspension mountain bike at the time. And we took him up there, up the bike park quite a lot. And then at one point, it just got so busy, it sort of like frightened him being how many people were there waiting to go on the next run and stuff like that. And he had a little off, not a big off, little off, but that's just put him off the bike now completely. And yeah, mm. it's a shame. He's just not interested in bikes, motorbikes, mountain bikes, anything on two wheels. So, oh, okay. but yeah. I'm sure yeah, my youngest will be. Listening. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, speaking about family and riding bikes, have you ever managed to convince the other half to, <laughs> go out with you um she'll go out on a mountain bike um we've done like center parks holidays where you rent bikes and that sort of thing we've done that before but she'd never ride on the road um i think it's all more the confidence isn't it on the road um i know you put a a, was it a post up the other day about car drivers getting um more a bit close yeah getting a bit close and aggressive yeah 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 Yeah, i mean i had two the other day and i just think to myself really Mm. really you've saved yourself like five seconds if that it's it's just not yeah and i mean the round round where we live i I will give a shout out because i've personally van drivers for me round this way they give me more room than all the cars and I know they have a bad mm. rep don't they the old white van drivers yeah but yeah for me it was just um yeah old elderly women and there was no need for it there was no need mm. to overtake slam the brakes on and sort of cut me up but mm. we I mean touch wood I've been lucky I've never had any run-ins uh no accidents yeah. and all you can ever wish for, isn't it, as as a cycle, road cyclist, is everybody else stays the same, stays safe. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's um, yeah, and the, it was one of the reasons why I did the post. I just kind of felt like the last few weeks I've just been having a lot of close passes, and then when I went out on the, it was a Thursday, Wednesday or a Thursday, um, last week, and when I was down the country lanes, like there was a few, I, and I, there was three cars came past me. And all of them went right over the other side, miles of space, went round. Yeah. And it made me think, oh, yeah, I've been getting a lot of close passes lately. Like, and I thought, oh, I'll do a quick quick post about this and ask if, if other people have, have found it. And then as soon as I got onto the more main roads, as we're getting slightly closer to home, the close passes came again. And it made me just think, it's the busier roads. It's like the more cars that are around, the closer they seem to just nip past you like they and like you say they're saving a couple of a few seconds if anything because a lot of the time you know if they're on a busier road there tends to be traffic lights and more junctions you'll catch them back up anyway yeah you know when they hit that next junction or whatever and you kind of think you've you've risked someone's life really to gain nothing yeah nothing really so you know and then the other thing is that they're also so aggressive towards us as well which i find you know uh, something i mentioned in that in that uh, little post was about um, the smiling cyclist 
Yes, um, he was, yes. He was he was assaulted. Um, for anyone listening that doesn't know the, the story, he was at an island in his correct lane, and a car was behind him. And as Dean had kind of slowed to stop to give way, this guy took, I don't know, ex- extreme exception to him and got out his car and punched him off his bike and threw his bike to one side. And you, you think if that if Dean had been in a car, that person wouldn't have reacted like that. And it's just pure aggression towards a cyclist, which is just, you know, there's, there's disgusting. There's no need really, for it, is there? I mean, I, I see yeah. the post he put up and I messaged him, like, obviously, all through Instagram again. Because there is that community, isn't there, between, like, with road mm. cyclists. So, like I say, everybody just wants to make sure everybody has a good ride, stays safe. But for somebody to do that, um, I know uh, Ross training, training Statham, he had a run in yeah. as well, didn't he, with another cyclist? With a cyclist, and yeah. You think, yeah. what, what, what are you doing? You can't, yeah. you can't, you know. I mean, it's just car drivers is one thing, but for another road cyclist to basically attack another road cyclist, yeah, that's just not on at all. Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. I had quite a few comments on the on the post, and it was kind of all kind of coming through the same sort of thing that it was like yeah, busier roads, but you'll always get it. Like I mean, certain people were saying like I'm sure people are like it in the cars as well. If I was in the car, and you kind of think well yeah, sometimes, but you know I've had I've had people really shout and swear at me, and you think like. For what reason? Like, you know, I've, I've slowed you up a little bit, you know, or whatever. And why are you so aggressive? Like, if if I make a mistake, I scratch your car. If you make a mistake, I could be dead. You know, yeah. I've got more right to be angry at you than you have at me kind of thing for getting in your way or whatever. But it's just, I don't know, the nature of people. Sometimes, you, you know, you can appreciate people have got busy lives and everything like that and they might have something you know incredibly stressful going on in their life at that time or whatever but yeah at the same time we're all just trying to get somewhere safely yeah like you know give us a bit more room and a bit more relaxed please to be would be great but yeah it's just one of those things isn't it unfortunately i think i think what you're saying as well is is people are so busy now with their lives they don't take time and step back and and think about things it's just mm. instant decisions yeah yeah that's it that's it yeah oh well that's the only downside to our sport because like one of my mates he, he like always into his road so he still does it now but he was like i'll enjoy mountain biking more because i know i'm not gonna get hit by a car and I thought, like, yeah there is that about you know but yeah there is but then there's probably a, a great shame, big really. tree in between you as well. <laughs> yeah, that's going to do you just, just as much damage, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right then, we're moving on to the last little section now that we ask all our guests. Um, and as an avid listener to the podcast, you know exactly what's coming next. Yeah. So I'm sure you've yeah. kind of prepped and thought about what, you go, what you're going to say to these. <laughs> so uh, are you a calf stop cyclist? No. No. Um, yeah, I know. So... I do a lot of riding solo, um, yeah. and for me, I I kind of stop to take pictures, um, whereas I don't stop to have coffee stops, so to speak, coffee mm. and cake. Um, so yeah, no, unless there's more than say 
two or three of us or four of us, which very, very rarely happens anyway, um, then no, unfortunately, no. Okay, do you know what? I think you're the first person to just uh, right say no. Um, <laughs> but to be honest, I've I've never stopped solo, ever. No. Ever, ever, ever. And to be honest, only I the only reason I ever because I'd always done it for fit, for fitness. Like I've done it since 2012. I'd always done it for fitness, 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 fitness. And then since Velo 21 came along, I then had Instagram. And so I do sometimes stop to take photos, but I'm really I'll reluctantly do that. <laughs> I'd prefer to just right, okay, I'm doing this. I'm out for I've got an hour and a half or whatever. I'm riding my bike yeah. and I don't like to stop at all. And yeah, like I'm the similar to, to yourself really then that I've never stopped by myself and I'll only stop if it's sort of two or three, four I mean or more of us. Obviously you've got a young family as well, so there are occasions where mm. I'll Say I've got like two, three hours. Um, mm-hmm. I'll sort of nip out two hours for a ride and then I'll meet the other half and the kids at a coffee shop. Um, okay. So there is that side to it, but that very rarely happens anyway. Um, but yeah, for me, I'm like you. If I've got an hour and a half to three hours, I just want to ride my bike. Um, obviously, stop every now and then for take some pictures, but that's it. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Lovely. Right, so dream bike, money, no object. This one I struggled on. Um, but then I've always liked, if I say it wrong, I apologise, the Bianchi Altair. Yeah. Um, it's the mint green and the black. Mm. Uh, I think if you're riding a mint green bike, it needs to be a Bianchi. Um it's just something about them that I think as a, as a road cyclist, if you saw a bike coming past you or going the other way and you saw it was mint green, you'd know exactly what bike it was. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that it's not crazy price. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's like over 9,000 pounds. So it is, it is a lot, a lot of money, but it's not crazy prices. Like the Trek at the minute I saw the other day, like nearly 14,000 pounds for a, Ultimately, a push bike. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you think sometimes as well. It, it's then just down to the frame as well, because the wheels will be made by a different manufacturer. The the group sets are made by a different manufacturer. The handlebars are probably even made by um, a different manufacturer. You know, so you're literally just buying the frame is the bit that's unique to that brand. Yeah, um, and then everything else is made up of other components from other companies um you know so yeah that you know those price points sometimes are a little bit uh ludicrous they say it kind of goes into the research and development and all the testing and everything like that isn't it but yeah you know it it is what it is sometimes that like there's we've talked about on the podcast before like a lot of people have said the uh s-works tarmac but then you see a lot of those um You know, and then is it nice to spend all that money on a bike and then see somebody else riding no. one? Um, you know, <laughs> but yeah, that's that thing, isn't it? It's, you know, it, I think it is tough. There's a lot of great bikes out there, and I don't think you can really buy a bad one, no. especially if you're getting up to that kind of money as well. You know, you're not going to get on it and think, oh, well, this isn't very really good. Um, no. You know, so yeah, I think it is a tough one. It is. I mean, especially. It is a tough one. I mean, 
I don't know about yourself, but I'm always looking at bikes. Um, and it, I, I just can't get my head around it at the minute. Anything sort of like up to £5,000. Don't, they don't come with carbon wheels, carbon handlebars. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like prices pre-COVID, so to speak. And now it's just phenomenal prices. Just, I think, yeah. don't know where they're getting the prices from. It's crazy. Yeah. I, to be honest, I haven't looked for a long time because I'm kind of happy with my bike and I kind of feel like the next thing I'll buy for mine would be um, once the wheels wear it because I've got, I'm old school, I'm on rim brakes. Yeah. Um, but I'll probably, by the time I need a new set of wheels, I might be struggling to get a set because everything's disc. Yeah. Now, and I think that they will run out of like, there'll only be certain manufacturers that I can go to and it'll reduce those options that I've got down. Perhaps if I don't buy some relatively soon, because I can only go for a rim brake option um, at the moment. And I, I definitely feel as well, the next time I buy a bike, it's going to be a disc brake bike. I don't think, no. I don't think I'll have an option for a, for a rim at all. No, I, th- um, I think you're right. The rim. I mean, I'm on rim brakes, and there's nothing yeah. I don't think of rim brake. There's nothing wrong with them. Um, mm. But like you, I think the way it's going is disc brakes is, is all that's going to be available yeah yeah because like where I live in the Midlands it's not particularly hilly so because when I went out to Italy and we were go, going like coming down some of the mountains in the Alps I kind of thought like oh yeah. I could do with the uh, <laughs> disc brakes now but because I, I, I went well I went through a set of pads on the descent of the Stelvio because um, it is quite you know, you're just on the brakes. Yeah. You're off them for a couple of seconds, you're doing 40 miles an hour, and then there's a hairpin bend that you're coming to. Slamming like, them back on. And and there's 30 of them coming oh. down. It's not just like one or two. You know, you're on the brakes, on the brakes. And you could tell the, the pitch of my brake, the, the noise that the brakes were making was changing as the, the wheels were getting hotter. And you could feel it was just, they were just, because I've got carbon rims, and you could feel it was just fading slightly. And you just think, like, yeah, if I was on discs now, I'd be a bit more comfortable. But I think there is that thing that where I, like I said, where I live in the Midlands, it's pretty quite flat. Yeah. Um, I can go out for a 20 miles and barely touch the brakes, really. I'm only, I'm only eating them at junctions um, and traffic lights and things. So, uh, yeah, it's not a case of, like, oh, because this is a technical descent, there's none of that, really. You just ride your bike. Yeah, um, I mean, we're so the same, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah, pretty flat. So, what sort of area are you are you in against? Oh, uh, we're we're Bedfordshire, um, Bedfordshire. Right. So, it's, yeah, it's yeah. pretty flat. Like you say, there's a few hills, um, but nothing major. And yeah, there's yeah. never been a point where I thought to myself, "Oh, I need disc brakes," because, I mean, there is a few good uphills, downhills, but that's about mainly it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You've never really felt the need for them. No, no. That's saying. Yeah. So speaking of areas, um, if we could pop it anywhere in the world right now to go cycling, where would you go? <laughs> Somewhere hot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, probably nowhere in particular, um, no roads in particular, but I'd love to go to somewhere like Switzerland. Um, mm-hmm. Just to sort of like have no agenda, just go out cycling take in the views the roads yeah i think that would be it but like i say no no mm. particular place specific 
but yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd say somewhere like Switzerland. Yeah, lovely. A big famous one out there is the the Fer, Ferka Pass. That's one that's quite an iconic one because it's got the hotel on the corner. I think it was in James Bond or something, and that's quite a like iconic climb out there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's some uh, lovely roads out there as well. It's um, and they're all much better quality than in the UK. Oh. Unfortunately, we've got a lot of we've got the worst roads in the world. I think. Well, I put a story up the other week about um, our, our council can't be the worst because they literally just chuck loose chippings down. And you think to yourself, yeah. didn't you, if you spent, say, like, dream bike, say you bought a dream bike, you're riding it on loose chippings, <laughs> you, you just wouldn't cope, would you? No, that's it. It's now good. <laughs> yeah, we all just need to move somewhere hot yeah. and go cycling every day. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be lovely, wouldn't it? Quick work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if only. Yeah. If only. Right then, I think we've come to the end of our little chat, Adam. It's been great having you on. I appreciate your time. No, honours. Thank you very much for having me. Well, that was great talking to Adam there. I loved everything he had to say about his kids, especially getting involved in the sport as well. Obviously, his little one loving cleaning the bikes as I said in the podcast I've been tagged in the stories because he, he does use the Velo 21 products and there's always a little picture there with his little one spraying down that the cleanest balanced bike in the showroom as, as Adam said in the podcast there so yeah that's absolutely brilliant getting the little ones involved looking after not just the riding side of things but the maintenance side of things as well which is brilliant and also just his passion for the riding itself taking on obviously he's quite relatively new to it as we talked about in the podcast that he'd been doing it for about sort of two years but he's looking to take those challenges on and raise uh, the money for charity as well which is absolutely brilliant again a charity that we had on podcast episode five cfc brilliant absolutely brilliant so well done adam and i thank you for your time thank you for coming on the velodrome podcast and having a little chat with me as I said at the start of the podcast, if you'd be interested in coming on, you can message me on Instagram, velo double underscore 21. That's velo double underscore 21, the account with the blue tick, so you know you're speaking to the right person. Send me a message, and we'd love to get you on the podcast. We need the guests to come on to keep the show, so we'd love to have a little chat with you. So once again, I thank Adam for his time. I thank you for listening. I've been Steve, the Velo 21 guy. I'll catch you soon. 